Hello, y'all, and welcome to Deck Diaries. I am your host and human, Tabitha, and I'm here to take you on a little stroll through my life's diary and the raw, unedited stories from others. Real stories, real humans, real healing, and a whole lot of fuckery all from the deck. Join me and my co-host Meg and other random guests throughout the week as we learn to unfilter our lives, love ourselves a little bit more, and be better humans. To stay up to date on what's coming up on deck, follow us on Instagram at Deck Diaries and on Facebook at, you guessed it, Deck Diaries. Now, kick off your shoes Relax with me and welcome to the deck. Welcome to another episode of Deck Diaries. Woo! I am your host and human as always, Tabitha, and Megan's back with us. Hello. Um, so tonight we are going to discuss a hard topic. Um, this is something that Megan and I on a personal level have talked about in private. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to talk about <clears throat> grief and loss. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's not something easy to talk about, but... It is nice to be able to have people to talk about it that understand and get it on some level. Some level, yeah. Yeah, Uh, we were just talking about the fact that I could never know how you feel about your loss and you can never know how I feel, but you still feel it, you know? Like we all love pizza, but we love it for different (laughs) reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Grief fucking sucks, but it sucks for different reasons for everybody, so. For sure. Um, Like something that hit me actually on the way over here as I was digesting everything that we're going to talk about tonight in my Mm -hmm. mind is I have uh, a good friend, Brie actually, that's Mm -hmm. been on the show. Yeah, love Um, Brie. She lost her dad and I always, you always think that you know and you do your best to be there for that person mm-hmm. and to, you know, you, you, you think you feel their pain or understand. But right. until the morning that I lost my dad, I didn't, I, at yeah. that moment, I realized that I never really understood until it happened Yeah, to me. Right. Period. Yeah. Well, I think when you care about someone so much and obviously you care deeply for Brie, maybe what it is is you're just feeling their pain, but yeah. not necessarily knowing the ins and outs of it. I don't I don't yeah. know. It's yeah. but yeah, nobody can truly know, you know, every single thought that goes through your head and how you're processing and well I had had people around me pass. Mm-hmm. Um both my grandfathers, my one of my grandmothers um, prior to my dad and not that it didn't hurt because it did mm-hmm. and it was sad yeah but they they were also old yeah and or sick um so I think it, it kind of changes it to if you know maybe that it's coming right um versus you know me just waking up on a Saturday morning and he was gone yeah. Um, and also the connection. Yeah. The, 
my connection with my dad was so much mightier and bigger mm-hmm. than the connection I say ha- I had with my grandfather, my my right. mom's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't love him and care for him sure. and have great memories of him, but when the connection's different, the pain is so much Intense. Yeah. more. Consuming. C- completely consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't escape it. No, no. It's a, it's, it's a different feeling for sure. Yeah. Um, oof. Just, I mean, just thinking about it, like it, and it does come in waves. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, the morning that we found him, um, <clears throat> shock. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, denial. For sure. Like they say there's, you know, they say there's like five phases of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I didn't sleep for like three days. Yeah. Legit. Mm-hmm. I was a hot mess. Yeah. And then with everything going on around and then family coming into town and having this celebration of life and all of these things are happening around you. Yeah. You, you don't even really get to process. Yeah. Right it, away. It delays it definitely delays some things. In some ways, it's super um, helpful because um, I know for me, uh, hearing other people, hearing how much they loved him um, and hearing how much or hearing their stories about him helped me yes. process. Yes. Um and just helped me feel better in some way. Um, but on the same token, it also makes you even sadder because it's like, yeah. God, why? Why him? I know. Like there was there was this sense of complete and utter comfort when my dad's brothers showed up to the mm-hmm. house, my uncles. Um, but then at the same time, it, it was like a jab to the heart. Sure. Um, one of them very much resembles my dad mm-hmm. more than the other. And just the the embrace and their mannerisms and mm-hmm. the things that make them brothers right. um, was was really hard to, to soak into. So it was a very conflicting, like, you know, kind of like, hug me. Yes, I want you here for me. And then I can't look at you right now. Right. Um, for sure. It, it, yeah, it's, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, I'd, I mean, I'd kind of like to interview you a little bit tonight and for you to tell your story because your story is, it's wow. It's something that I cannot relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never understand the pain that you felt with what you went through. Right. Hopefully you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe um, maybe for the audience, kind of start from the beginning. and Sure. Um, so if you've been listening to us from the beginning, I was married for many years, have seven kids with my ex-husband, yada, yada. Um, after my divorce, I um, started dating um, a former classmate named Chad and... Um, started as a friendship, um, turned into dating. Um, he actually moved his life here from Kansas, um, to be with me, uh, be near me, I should say. Can Um, I ask, how did you guys meet? Uh, well, we went to high school together. Yeah. And then reconnected through Facebook. Okay. Good old Facebook. Um, so... He moved here. His dad still lived here. He's an only child. His mother had passed away. So, you know, no real family to speak of or extended family. Um, And he never wanted kids. So that was interesting. But through, I mean, I won't get into all of it, but through him falling in love with me, he fell in love with my kids. And um, I mean, even to the point that we talked about maybe us having a kid someday, which was terrifying to me. But um, yeah, so it was a very, very, going from my previous relationship, um, which wasn't healthy, um, our relationship was so like 
freeing and like we were best friends and um he was a really good guy yeah he um a lot of the bad habits that I had picked up in my marriage just from how we would communicate and how we would fight um he I don't want to say he uh (laughs) remedied them or whatever like cured me of them but he kind of did he was like it's it's hard to explain, but he was such a strong leader and he was really good at setting boundaries. So when I would fly off the handle, you know, because that's the only thing that worked with my ex-husband, he'd be like, no, we don't do that. <laughs> and he he shut that shit down real quick and he really helped me in the most gentle, loving way become a better version of myself. Like we were just constantly pushing each other to become better versions of each other. And I don't know, man. It just was like so comfortable. How long did you guys date long distance? Oh, God, I'm bad with timelines. Ish. Year. Okay. And then he moved here. Then he moved here. We did not live together. Um, We really wanted to take things slow. Um, He got his own place. Um, He would come over, hang out with me and the kids, but then he would always go. Um, We really wanted to take things slow, not only for us, but for the kids. For the unit. Yes, absolutely. And the kids fucking adored him from the jump. Um, My... Two older boys, especially. Um, So that was just so like, it was like, oh my God, this is what I've always wanted. Like a partner that like, I'm not saying my ex-husband didn't love our, doesn't love our kids. That's not what I'm insinuating, but just like putting forth the same energy into that relationship that I do. And um, just seeing the kids response to him, like, I just, I loved it. And, um, so yeah, uh, we did that for, geez, when did he move here? I think, um, maybe he had lived here seven, eight months before he passed. Yeah, that was it. Um, so yeah, um, but we definitely had plans to, I mean, we didn't, hadn't talked about timelines. Again, we were letting it go, you know, flow organically. Um, but we, it was just spoken that we would eventually be together. Um, you know, probably get married. And like I said, we even talked about having a kid, which to me was like crazy to even consider. Obviously, I have seven. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> um, so the fact that I was like, but you considered yeah, it for him yes. and for you, for yeah. you guys together. Yeah. Like I, I would have loved to experience that with someone who I was just so in sync with. I battle that now. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Maybe, I don't know, maybe in an alternate universe we can scratch that itch. I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. So you're dating like seven, eight months. Well, dating in town, in town, seven, eight months. Seven, yeah. eight months at this time. So you're going on a couple years. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was an avid motorcycle rider. He had a big old Harley. And uh, um, it was my kid's first day of school. And I remember the last Facebook post that he made was a picture because, you know, everybody's doing the kids, you know. Back on, to school. Back to school pictures. He had a dog named Dakota, who he lovingly called Biggles, and he put a backpack on Biggles, and she was sitting out on the front steps, and (laughs) it's so cute. Um, So that was cute. Um, So uh, he kind of, he was kind of self-employed, did like insurance adjusting or whatever, and got done early that day. It was a beautiful day. Um, he would always, always, always keep in contact with me. Um, you know, I'm going to be out riding. If I don't answer, I'll hit you up later, blah, blah, blah. And then always, always, always when he got home safe, yada, yada. Um, so I don't hear from him throughout the evening. Um, very unusual. And, um, 
I had a really long day. I was exhausted. But I laid down and I was like, I can't go to sleep until I hear from him. So I'm just kind of laying there and I kind of knew, subconsciously I knew, because this like literally never, ever, ever, ever had this happened. And um, so I was laying in my bed and my bedroom's on the first floor and I saw just a flashlight like it came in the living room window and like swooped across my um, my door and I fucking knew. And then the doorbell rang. And <laughs> so I answered the door and a sheriff was there and um, he asked if I was Megan and I said yes. And I stepped outside and I immediately started shaking and... Um, I was really hoping he had just done something stupid and, I don't know, gotten in trouble, which totally isn't like him, but that's what my soul was praying for. And um, I don't know. He told me that um, he had had an accident and that he had passed away. And um, I couldn't like you said, I mean, immediate denial. And I was like, nope. Like, before he could even get the words out of his mouth, I was, like, backing up like I could avoid the words. Like, they would just shoot around me like the fucking Matrix or something. And I just did not want him to finish that sentence. And, um... <laughs> it's okay. Um, I just kept asking him if he would touch me so that I knew it was real. And I kept questioning him saying, you know, maybe somebody stole his motorcycle. Maybe it wasn't him. And he was like, it's him. And I was like, are you sure? Did you see him? And he said, I did. And um, I still just didn't believe him and just kept asking him to just touch my arm or... <sighs> God. Um, it doesn't feel real when it's in your face. Mm -mm, not at all. <sighs> so. Um, Would you like to take a break? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Um, so I was like, how the hell did you find me? Because we're not, we weren't like a super like Facebooky or social media couple. Um, but it, they um, said that they saw that I was his girlfriend on Facebook. So that's kind of funny that, I don't know, it always strikes me as darkly funny that like <laughs> cops are out there like searching on Facebook to figure out who Well, to... and I wonder if, did they look at his phone maybe? Mm, I don't know. Because can they get in like if there's a code on it? You know, I don't know. I don't know either. Um, so anyway, they had been trying to contact his father um, and... He, you know, must have been sleeping. He's really hard of hearing and um, couldn't get a hold of him. So he asked if he could drive me over to his father's house. And um, so I then, you know, my kids are, uh, most of them are sleeping. And I don't want them to hear what's going on. Obviously, I was, you know, trying to stay calm and quiet. And we were out on the porch when he told me Um but then I had to go, you know, tell my oldest what happened and to, um, you know, don't tell the kids and um, I'll be back as soon as I can. I don't know. I don't know what's even happening right now. And, uh, you know, he was super upset and um, unbeknownst to me, my other son had overheard me telling him so. They did. A couple of them did know before I told them the next morning. But um, yeah, so I went over to his dad's house and we just, I mean, no words. We just were like literally just like holding our hands up like what, just what the fuck. So um, yeah, that was that. And um I was fucking crushed. I don't know. Uh, pulverized. Yeah. Um, 
And the next morning, um, like, that was fucking hard enough. But having to tell my kids, that was terrible. That was so terrible. And, uh, yeah. Um, I just, I couldn't even function, which is so not like me. Like, I'm just the one foot in front of the other sort of person. And I just, everything stopped. And, um, I don't even, I don't even remember that day. I know it's, it's hard for me too. Yeah. Um, like everything's in fast forward and blurry. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the denial went on for so long though. Like, I even asked, um, he had this favorite green jacket that I fucking loved. And um, that's usually what he wore when he was riding. And then I had bought him this cute pair of um, Converse that he loved. And um, I like, it was like, I just knew that's what he was wearing. And I asked if I could get that back from the medical examiner. And I still have those items with, you know, they cut his jacket off. It's got blood on it. I, it, like, comforts me. Yeah. Like, I still, every great once in a while, will take that out because that's fucking real. Like, I, that happened. Because it, like, it starts to feel like, like it was somebody else's story sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, oh, yeah, that he was here and now he's not. And this is proof. Like, I don't know, it just helps me to get it out every once in a while and just kind of take a minute. So, yeah, that's that's Chad. So once you got through the the initial shock and denial mm-hmm. uh, and the services, Mm-hmm. Actually, the services... When the the smoke clears. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of funny. Um, uh, We actually, you know, since we were still pretty new and like had been long distance and whatever, um, I didn't know his friends really. I knew a couple of his friends from Kansas. Um, They made the drive to his visitation that was really nice. Um, I met his ex-wife <laughs> through that. We chatted for a little bit. Um, I actually have a picture of his ex-wife and his father and I all together after the visitation. Um, and But I became super close with his best friend from high school and his wife. Um, they were amazing in helping um, just support me and support the kids and give me food and oh my god they were they were awesome and we became super close um, and then one of his girlfriends from high school uh, we became close too so it was nice to like like they had their own piece of him and I had my own piece of him and so um, that was great but I'm like, I'm such a social person, like the (laughs) visitation, I was like, I felt like I was hosting a party, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like, I don't know if it was me, like, um, if that was my defense mechanism, but I just, I was so happy to see everybody and share Chad with them and... Um, I don't know. So I was just like up. Yeah. That, that was not a hard day for me. Um, afterwards, yes. Afterwards, I got blackout drunk on tequila shots and, um, had some real, real, real hard cries and slept in his dad's basement and, the next morning, um, you know, had a really good chat with his dad and his dad's girlfriend. And um, I don't know. But I just I just wanted to be in his space. Did you have that with your dad? Like, yeah. 
I wanted to like wear his shirt and be in his bed and things like that. So I would, um, on nights that I didn't have my kids, I would, uh, well, back up a second because, you know, most people take a little bit to grieve and not go back to work. This happened on a Wednesday night. I went back to work on Friday morning because I just, I was like, what what the fuck was going to happen if I stayed home? Yeah. I would just be miserable. And also I was a single mom. I needed the money. Like yeah. I, you know what I mean? I was pretty fairly new at my job. And um, it's like, it's not going to bring him back for me to sit around and cry at home. So I might as well go be productive. And my boss was like, uh... I didn't expect to see you here. And I said, you know, something he always said that he loved about me was that no matter what shit is going down, I'm a fucking soldier and I just keep going. And so that's what I'm going to do right now. I'm not going to I'm not going to let this, you know, get me down. I'm just going to keep going and do what he loved about me. So that's what I did. I don't know if it was the right thing to do. Who fucking knows? But, um, yeah. So anyway, I would, like, get through, just, like, cling onto any little, I don't know, sense of strength that I had all week long. And then when I didn't have my kids, I would go stay at his house and just smoke weed and bawl my fucking eyes out and talk to him I would his dad would let me take his dog over there so I had her and I would just lay in his bed and cry and cry and cry so that helped me I don't know it's and it's different for everybody it is different and um it took me about a week I I don't I don't think I went back to work for about a week and a half mm-hmm. um I just and I am typically the strong person too that gets mm-hmm. up and pulls my britches up. But, yeah, um, it's like I ain't no punk ass bitch. But yeah, I was a punk ass bitch. <laughs> yeah. I was a hot fucking yeah. mess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because l- losing my dad too also, um, my dad kind of symbolized the family unit mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. So in the midst of me now losing him, I know that that unit is going to be gone too yeah so i'm i'm processing all that Mm -hmm. in my head too yeah um yeah it just yeah i couldn't i couldn't function Mm -hmm. i i think um what i mean obviously that was hard for me but like then having to help seven different other human beings yeah with seven different communication styles you know, in their own periods of grief, like that was fucking exhausting. I cannot to do imagine. all on my own when I'm dealing with my own shit. And, but you know what? That made us super close because I just, I had to be open about it with them. If I was having a rough day, I was not going to suck it up and say, oh, everything's fine. I wanted them to see me have the rough day because I wanted to let them know that it was okay for them have to have a rough day. Yeah. Um, and, you know, yeah, I'm having a rough day, but guess what? You still saw me get up and take a fucking shower. You still saw me go take care of my responsibilities. But you also saw me communicate about those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm struggling, but I'm not going to let it consume me. And um, I'm going to, you know, try and communicate about it about it, so that they then could open up to me too. But man, you say it comes in waves and it does. It fucking comes in waves. And there's days where you are drowning. You know, you've got your hands up above your head and the very tips of your fingertips are barely above the water. And then you've got a little eight-year-old or whatnot coming at you struggling yeah oh my god like I have a pit in my stomach that just that was so fucking hard to get through 
And, you know, we still deal with it today. I mean, that was really, really hard on the kids because you think about me who just came out of a shitty relationship and I legit, when I got divorced, I legit had to come to terms with the fact that I'm probably going to be alone for the rest of my life. I didn't plan on this. Yeah. Um, so to then find this beautiful relationship and then it gets torn away, it's like for the kids, they didn't expect me to be with someone either. And then here's this amazing person and now he's torn away. Like they got their hopes up too. And it just ugh, fucking sucked all the way around. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say because when I would, I hadn't smoked weed in years before this. I did in high school and then was you know, playing mommy for many years, which maybe I should have been. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Might have made your days easier. <laughs> I was a nerd. <laughs> um, no. Uh, didn't do it for many, many, many years. And um, it just... Um, how I always explain it is that, like, if you come into your office and you just have shit all over your desk, papers and stuff everywhere, all over your desk. You can't fucking focus. It's like a fucking tornado in your head. And that's what it felt like to me. It was a constant tornado in my head of all these swirling thoughts. And I couldn't even, it was like being in one of those wind tunnel things where you're trying to grab the dollar bills. Like I couldn't even grab a thought to tell you what was on my mind. It was just so overwhelming. And I would smoke a little bit of weed and it would just like put everything in its place. It would put it in its little compartment. I wasn't trying to escape it. I wanted to deal with it, but I just, I couldn't deal with everything at once. You couldn't slow down enough. I to, couldn't. Yeah, and yeah. so I would, that's what I would do. I would have my own little therapy session and just like slow shit down. And I would take it out one at a time. And I would like stay up all night. I would be talking out loud. I would be laughing my ass off. Remember, I mean, we laughed so hard. He was so fucking funny. I would, you know, remember things that were super funny or, and then I'd just be sobbing, but like I would take each thing out, fucking deal with it. And then it was done. And then I could breathe again. And that would ramp me up to deal with the next week. And that was just kind of my pattern. And that's what worked for me. I don't know if anybody else wants to try that. But uh, I, I mean, yeah, plant medicine in that way absolutely um, helps me and has helped me in yeah. the past where it just, it takes my anxiety and my mind that's going in 152 directions. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like it just goes whoop. Yeah. And just mellows me out and mm -hmm. zeroes me in. And I'm a very cerebral person anyway. Mm -hmm. So um, that helps me in that manner mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. For sure. And yeah, it, yeah, mm -hmm. it does. But it's weird that it affected me that way because, I mean, you've seen me now if I smoke, I'm like, woo, like, all over the place. So it's like what a, it, completely it has opposite its, It has its purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I believe that that's, it's, that's definitely um, a medicine that has its purpose for different reasons and different situations. And um, I mean, mindset is everything. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely got me through. And then another former classmate, um, uh that lives right near me, and she's a listener. Hello, darling. Hello. <laughs> um, she actually reached out to me. Um, Chad was a veteran, and she is as well, and she randomly reached out and asked how I was doing, and we just kind of started talking and then started hanging out, and she was a fucking lifesaver during that time. Obviously, she's dealt with a lot of loss and grief of many different kinds, um, being a veteran. And um, I would 
uh, on those nights that I wasn't at Chad's house or, and, you know, didn't have the kids, I would lay or sleep on her couch and snuggle up to her dog. And, um, yeah, that was super helpful. So, um, you know, you say, or we said, you know, you don't know exactly what it is that the other person is going through, but man, those people that are just there to listen, Mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Just, just be there to listen. You don't, you don't have to know Mm -mm. what they're going through. Just know that they're in pain and they're hurting and you just, you do the best that you can Mm -hmm. and be there for people. And yeah, when my dad passed, my, my tribe came together strong for me. That's awesome. Um, supported me in ways that I'll forever be thankful because strong tabby was a hot fucking mess. Yeah. I was a hot mess. And that's okay. It, it took me a while and, and I was, I was, you know, I was fresh off of, my divorce had only been final two weeks. Oh God. So I was fresh off of that. I'm still, I'm living at home with my parents. Mm -hmm. So now I'm alone with my mom. Mm -hmm. I'm, trying to be the good daughter and help her go through her mourning and her grieving period. And I wasn't taking the best care of myself either. Right. So. Yeah. Oh my God. I lost so much weight. That was terrible. Like I would have to force myself to eat. Um, you just, you're just trying to do whatever you can to make it. I don't know. It's, it takes a toll on the body, that's for sure. Well, and yes, it does. And and different things work for different people. Right. And if you are grieving or mourning, um, reach out for mm-hmm. help. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of did it internally and in my own ways of um, doing a lot of, you know, research and in that way, it kind of, it kept my mind busy, mm. whereas, because I'm a natural, want to learn anyway. Mm-hmm. So I kind of really went down that psychological hole of trying to figure out why I was feeling what I was feeling and how can I, in a positive way, because I've dealt with, I've dealt with bad things in my life in bad ways. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to turn to that again either. Like right. I didn't want to go get drunk. I didn't want right. to start using real drugs again or because I was just I was feeling in a really I was feeling really alone Mm -hmm. Um, because I kind of feel like the day my dad died I lost both my parents Mm. because he was a family unit yeah and me and my mom do not have a good relationship right right yeah, you do feel alone I mean you just said your tribe came for you I I had so alone yes you literally feel like you're on an island like Nobody is ever going to understand this feeling. And you can come and have lunch with me and make me laugh and giggle and, and all of that. And, and I, my heart, it loves all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you leave, which they do, everybody leaves, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like after family left town and you're, you, you are, you're alone in, you know, I'm alone sitting on the porch crying by mm-hmm. myself and, um, I know that I'm not alone, but I felt very alone. Yes. And I wish there were a different word to describe it. It's yeah. And to, to my, my brother, I would say being the person that in my mind loved my dad the way that I loved my dad and had an amazing connection, if not a better connection with my dad than I did, um, him leaving was really hard for me. He didn't um, live in town at the time. He doesn't. Time. He doesn't live here. No, yeah, he lives in a different state. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in Idaho. Mm-hmm. Shout out. <laughs> um, but when he left and went back home, that it that was almost like another loss. Yeah, like it hit me hard. Like he pulled out of the driveway, and I was good for about 15, 20 minutes, and then. I just remember going upstairs and just crumbling again yeah. because he gets it. Yeah. He's my person that gets it, that mm-hmm. really gets the loss of my dad. And not that my sister or my mother don't, but because I don't have the connection that I have with them, right? 
it's not there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I had a tribe and you will have a tribe and let your tribe help you and mm-hmm. let them let them try to embrace you and love you and make you better. But it's okay that you then go home and break down again. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sure. It's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. Um, we were talking before we started recording about us writing. We both wrote. And one of the things that I wrote was, I never knew what lonely, what loneliness was until I lost you. Yeah. That, and that's, that's real talk. I, I mean, I had never felt that feeling. And, I, and, you know, being in a relationship for 18 years where you felt lonely, where you felt alone, like puts a this. whole different perspective on it, doesn't it? Oh my god! You, you know, in all in all honesty, and I don't know how this is going to sound, but my dad passing put the pain, the pain, and the heartache that I was going through with my divorce and the loss of that, mm-hmm. and thinking that my heart had been shattered. Yes, I realized that in that my heart was only cracked. Right. I get it. It, 100%. Yes. It it made me, it it almost, it almost helped me kind of get over the divorce real fucking fast. Absolutely. I was just kind of like, well, fuck that. Like that wasn't even something positive in my life. Right. Like you will not lay in bed and cry about that anymore, Tabitha. Yeah. Like to feel actual. Yes. Great. Like for me. This is actual pain. Like I I wrote in my diary, I told you that I I dug deep last Mm -hmm. night and went through my diary and read some things. And one of the things that I wrote is that I thought I had tasted loss before, Mm -hmm. but I had not until, and, and, and going forward in my life, maybe I will lose somebody else that it'll be a different taste Mm -hmm. of loss or, or just as just utterly heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did write to him. I it was something that a therapist had said was a good tool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would write my dad letters and yeah. just kind of say the things that you know everybody you think that you didn't say the things that you should have said or mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wrote him too. Yeah. I would write to him. I would talk out loud to him when I was on my way to work or whatever. Um, I still do every once in a while. Um, I do I'll, too. Like, what's up, pops? Yeah. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. It's there's just something about saying it out loud. Yeah. Whether you believe that they can hear you or not, like it. It there's just something freeing about it. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Can I read one of mine? I want you to read. Okay. Yeah, you brought in some stuff. There's tonight. a couple little blurbs. Um, just, uh, yeah. One of them was life advice. Find someone you can't live without. Prepare yourself for the day that you may be forced to live without them. Sure. Um, this definitely um, shows like the steps of our relationship and um, just kind of the impact that he made on every single area of my life. Um, And it's called I'll Never Forget. I'll never forget how our friendship bloomed, our personalities intertwined perfectly, complimenting, challenging, always accepting and understanding, laughter that shook our surroundings, smart, witty, deep conversations. Uh, sharing failures, regrets, dreams, goals, cheering one another on, pushing each other to do better and try harder. I'll never forget what a fantastic friend you are. I'll never forget how our love grew, always teaching, learning, growing, falling so deeply for each other that I love you didn't even come close to describing our feelings, liking and likening it to saying that all the oceans in the world were but a cup of water. Taking joy and delight in each other's quirks, me with my animated hand gestures, (laughs) and you with your goofy sound effects and hilarious one-liners. Truly enjoying every moment, hating when we were apart, waking up in the middle of the night with a smile on my face, wishing for morning so I could talk to you again. I'll never forget what an amazing partner you are. 
I'll never forget our plans for the future. I went from never wanting to be married again to knowing I'd be a Jolson one day. You were then, you were, sorry, I can't see through my tears. (laughs) You went from never wanting children to becoming the very best dad to my kids. We all wanted nothing more than to be a full-time family. Content, comfortable, happy, we had found our purpose. I'll never forget what a protective teammate and strong leader you are. I'll never forget when I found out you were gone. My texts went unanswered. My stomach tightened. Laying in bed, wondering, worrying, praying. The sheriff's light shone through the front window and reflected on my bedroom door. And I knew. I knew before I heard his boots on the porch, before he rang the bell. That doorbell pierced the darkness and violently hurtled me into my new reality. I hoped with everything I had that it was you ringing the bell. But the face when I peeked outside wasn't yours. My eyes darted back and forth between his badge, his car, his sad eyes that offered their condolences before his mouth could. I kept backing up as if I could dodge his words that I didn't want to hear. Why is your name coming out of his mouth? He doesn't know you. He doesn't know that you're my peach. He shouldn't be saying your name or using it in that sentence. I repeatedly asked him to touch me so I knew it was real. Yet I still didn't believe it was happening. The promises and bargains I immediately began propositioning to the universe to reverse this. I'll never forget what a gift you are. I'll never forget the impact you made and continue making on our lives. We never stop learning from you. We never stop talking about you. We never tire of hearing others' stories and memories about you. Your love, friendship, leadership, catchphrases, and wisdom are things that death can never steal away from us. The devastation of this loss is palpable across the miles, but it can't dull the shine you left behind. I'll never forget you. I love you. That was beautiful. Thanks. And I'd kind of like to leave the audience tonight with um, what I hear out of that is to not forget and to lean in on all of the amazing things that the people that are past, um, they do leave behind. Mm -hmm. And I think you and I had a conversation once and I told you, I said, if Chad did anything for you, he, before he left this or showed you the way that you want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And um, that's pretty, yeah, that sticks. For sure. That sticks. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, definitely appreciated. (laughs) For sure. Um, So anybody out there going through grief, um, chin up. Mm -hmm. Best you can. Power through. Mm Mm-hmm. Write to them, look mm-hmm. at their photos, celebrate them. Um, I I enjoy telling dad stories because yeah, it makes me sure. laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and know that it's okay when you're lying in bed and two in the morning and you're bawling for no reason right. because there is a reason. Yeah. And um, yeah, some not all cracks in your heart get fixed. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. They don't all get fixed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is not enough super glue in this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what's that? Um, I can't think of the saying. It's something like, how, how lucky am I that, you know, I loved something so much that it hurts so bad to say goodbye. Yeah. 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 But. That's all we can do. Fucking sucks, man. Um, we're red in the face and a hot mess tonight, <laughs> so we're going to end it. Um, and I'm actually going to end it with a different song than we started. So you'll get a, a bonus track on this season. Um, it's an artist by the name of Sasha Alex Sloan. Um, and her writing is just writing that touches me. Mm-hmm. And this is a song that I heard a few years ago. Um, and it kind of just, it kind of just hits. 
Um, so I'm going to share this song with you guys uh, and have a good night. And thank you for listening. Thanks, guys. Broken, you can be there when they need it the most, but you won't be the one falling off the deep end. You can have a friend, lose somebody close, and you can be there when they need it the most, but you won't be the one having trouble sleeping. Somebody loses their somebody every day. But you'll never really know what it's like Till you wake up to some real bad news You'll never really know how it feels Till it happens to you No, you'll never really know what it's like Even if you think you do You'll never really know how it feels Till it happens to you You can say sorry a million times But even if you try Try to sympathize You won't be the one Picking up the pieces You can do your best Call them every night Listen to them say Say they're alright But you know there's a chance They don't really mean it Somebody loses their somebody Every day But you'll never really know Till you wake up to some real bad